Hello and welcome to another episode of Shades Midweek, a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. We are recording this live from Four Stream Studios right here off of Oxmoor Road in Homewood, Alabama. And I'm joined by my good friends, Jonathan and Brad. It is 2021. <laughs> so before we get to that, how was everyone's Christmases? Yeah, because we haven't se- we haven't done an episode since then. We recorded the Jesus Freak episode before Christmas. Right, right. It's just good to be back in the back in the studio. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, this is where I feel at home. This is this is it. This is really this is it. This has become the sum definition of pastoral ministry for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. Um. Christmas was great. Uh. At the at the Haves house, you know, our our kids. We've got just a few, and and quite a range of ages, but. They're still kind of in the throes of when Christmas is just a blast and intense, and I'm still putting stuff together on Christmas Eve. What'd you put? What'd you put together on Christmas Eve, JM? Do you have a Christmas Eve put together? <laughs> yeah, there. I actually have a story with that. Uh, we, um, Ashley's mom, got the kids a trampoline for Christmas. Classic. And this was a decision that we had to make, which is like, well, how do you? Like, if you want to put together the trampoline before Christmas, how do you do that and not let the kids know what's going on? So you either wait till the day of, but then you have to tell them, okay, I know we opened the box, but now we have to put it together. It's going to take (laughs) three hours. (laughs) So what we just... going to ruin my day. What we decided was on December 23rd, we had a day at home, and we decided, let's give it to them early. We'll FaceTime Ashley's mom. She lives in Wisconsin. So she can see them open it. And then we'll put it together that day, and it'll be a nice like family thing. So all that went well, <laughs> good, relatively, good. until we got to the putting together of the trampoline. <laughs> In classic fashion, we get to the part where you have to install all of the springs along the Ugh. outer... Uh, hardware. With and that, with so that little cheap the tool legs. they provide. And they give you a tool. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, I started looking at the springs, and I'm like, man, this does not seem like enough springs. They they sent us one bag. This does not seem like enough. Oh and, sh- and we're like, well, is it every other? Do we need to use like a spring for every other hole that there is for a spring? We're like trying all these different things. And then we realized they just forgot a whole bag of springs. So there's nothing that we can do. We got on the phone with Wayfair. They weren't very helpful. Um, the company said they would send us – out springs but it would be like six or seven days like it probably wouldn't come till next week it's awesome Christmas, so this is what happens but this is my praise report oh good 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 <laughs> this is what happened i got on amazon and i found the size springs that we needed and there were i had to buy three separate boxes because there wasn't enough in each box to get to the total that we needed wow they were all at a distribution center close enough to where they actually all shipped and arrived at our house on the 24th Wow! Less than twenty-four hours after I ordered them. I mean, what would we do? on Jeff Bezos. What would we do without Jeff Bezos? (laughs) I know, I know. So we got to put it together, and yeah, that that was really like the big thing that we had to do. I'm still working on a basketball goal. There's a whole other thing with that too, where I that's on me. I that was my fault. Like a real basketball goal, a real basketball goal, and I was putting it together over the weekend, and I accidentally inserted all the poles wrong. And once you do that, it is really hard to get the poles out. Uh, I didn't think it was possible to get them back out. I went on YouTube. Of course. And they told me, put a bunch of WD-40, and then you're going to stand and drop it on the ground as many times as you can until they come loose. 
How many times does it take? Oh man, it was over. It had to have been over three hundred times. I dropped it on the ground, and the, but eventually they all came loose, and so I just have to find some time to put the goal together now. Ugh. So those are my stories. Yeah, I <laughs> I haven't had something as as tragic as there was one year that I Levi's like big to do gift was this Nerf gun and it required batteries and oh. we, we didn't realize that till he opened it on Christmas morning. Oh, no. So guess who went to the closest 24 hour gas station and paid through the nose for some <laughs> batteries. Yeah you want four, four double year. A's? How about $25 for four double A batteries? Sure. What is the sure, going, whatever. I don't care. Buying anything from a convenience store other than gasoline is like going to a baseball stadium. It's like yeah, I it want, has its own inflation I want, rate. I want two Tylenol. That'll be six seventy five. Like I can get a whole bottle. And you just do it. You just do and it. You just do it. You know, you might have to drive five minutes. No, I'm not doing that. Just give yeah. them the money. Brad, how was your Christmas? Man, after your stories, nothing of note. I mean it was it was very chill. I didn't have to put anything together. Not I'm, even for Oxford? No, not even for Oxford. Oh, he got Oxford's first Christmas. Oxford's first Christmas. So we decided not to do the whole Santa thing. You know, we're trying to catechize. <laughs> we're trying to catechize him. We're taking it very seriously, as one does. So yeah, we got in a big fight about it, but we've decided. So he didn't have that, but he was still excited when he woke up at six a.m. to go to the bathroom on Christmas right. morning. Yeah, so he was excited. I mean, honestly, it was just a pretty chill Christmas, and yeah. it was very low key. And so I think Jordan and I both just kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, you know? that's good. That's and good. One one other crazy thing over the holiday uh, from the Hayes house to report is that my grandmother, I have one living grandparent, and she turned 100 years old on December 23rd. Wow. wow. Yeah. She was born December 23rd, 1920. That's ins- oh, my goodness. That is so insane to think about. It's, it's So she was probably born into a pandemic, and now she's had her 100th. Right Because right? that was the end of it the was, Spanish flu. right after the Spanish flu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. But, yeah, it's it's weird to do the math on different things and figure out how old she was when certain things took place or, or what have not. Like, I remember yeah. every time we watch It's a Wonderful Life, I'm like, Dee Dee, you were 21 when this movie came out. <laughs> You know, or she'll talk about how when she was in middle school, she loved keeping up with the latest news about Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> and you're just like, or oh, like when she was okay. a kid, like if she knew her grandparents, like what her grandparents would have lived through. Oh, like Civil War vets or something. That's so, crazy. I mean, so I, just, I just said that off the cuff. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure the math would be close. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure the math. Yeah. That's awesome. So anyway, yep. All right. Well, yay! We made it yeah, through the we holidays. Made it through. We made it through. Okay. We. Had a happy new year, and here we are. Yeah, so Jonathan, why don't you uh, introduce what we're going to be talking about today? Well, yeah, I mean, so we, we did. We have, we have all made it to 2021. Um, not that there's a lot that shifted, but we're here. Um, <laughs> yeah. And last year, I think anyone is willing to admit, was not exactly what we were all anticipating when yep. January 2020 came around. Yep. So, um, And in a lot of ways, it really was, it was a heavy year. You know, it, I, we're, we're not denying that there were, were good things that happened both, uh, you know, in the world at large and in and, and shades and in our lives individually. But there was a lot that was was really, really heavy. Um, I mean, even when you just highlight just a few things, you can look up lists and it gets crazy. Yeah. Like you, you Google list of what's all the crazy things right. that happened. Because you don't want to leave something out. out. Right. There's but so many things. It's just it, it gets crazy. But I mean, even just thinking about, you know, I mean, obviously, the, the pandemic hitting in March was massive, and then 
all throughout the summer uh, following the, the deaths of George Floyd, mm-hmm. Breonna Taylor. There, there was massive social unrest uh, centered around issues of racial injustice and mm-hmm. and then moving into the fall with the presidential election and just how polarized our political environment is. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was just, it, it felt unrelenting as far as just the heaviness of everything. Yeah, and, totally. And on top of all that, to a large degree, m- most of us are going through it exper- isolated to varying degrees. Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, or at least more than we normally are. I right. mean, I, I feel like I because I work with you guys, I get to you know have social interaction regularly and all of that, but it's still way scaled back from what you know any of us normally experience. And so totally, so yeah, totally. so it was a really really heavy year, um, and we kind of wanted to do a year end review here yep. uh, for our first episode as we launch into this new year, but instead of just kind of recounting all the heavy things many of which we gave whole episodes to um last year right uh, as we went through them um but rather than just recounting all the things that already everybody already knows someone's like tuning out right right, right, i am not not sitting back through 2020 (laughs) Um, (laughs) what we thought we would do is is take a look back one at at some of the since it was such a heavy year look at some of the lighter things Yes. There were some really funny and really light things that happened along the way, too. And so kind of talk about some of those and then give more personal reflections. So, like, kind of what's the Lord been teaching each of us as individuals in our lives as we've walked through through 2020? So, yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. So I don't know how you want to get this started. I mean, I know we're going to start with light things, but who wants to start? <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to start. <laughs> I I learned that it's uh, one thing that I learned in 2020. Yeah, what's that? It's way too easy to buy a tiger in this country. Man, whatever do you mean? Ain't that true? (laughs) Whatever do you mean? That was kind of crazy, right? Because that was like right when shutdown happened. It was like Netflix gifted us this miracle of a show. (laughs) This documentary (laughs) called Tiger King. Wait, Tiger King? What are you guys talking about? (laughs) Okay. I don't know if y'all remember. So, so for anybody that somehow missed this, I don't know. There <laughs> if was you a, were living under a rock for the past year. <laughs> there was a little documentary series that dropped on Netflix early in the year called Tiger King, and it's uh, about the insanity. Yeah, how do you describe of the, what this show is? About? I would say it's about the insanity of the subculture world of private zoos, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like. Yeah. People that yeah. have private zoos and own all these exotic animals, primarily big cats, and it kind of centered around one central figure and told his story, this guy named Joe Exotic. And I don't know if y'all remember this. Who, who is not, by the way, who is not the strangest character on the show, which is, <laughs> if you even see a picture of him, you're like, how is this? I mean, that show is insane. How is that possible? Who, who is currently in jail Still, so I mean, just you know, it's spoiler. Just, it's one of those things that, like, the more you talk about it, the less real it sounds. Yeah, the cra- just the crazier it, it gets. just gets insane. Um, but I, uh, I don't know if y'all remember this, but I actually talked to y'all about this for a split second. I didn't watch it, but I talked to y'all about it for a split second before it kind of blew up. I'm gonna pull a, a hipster moment and be like, "Yeah, I was, I was on oh, yeah, this the, before the it was OG. cool." Um, but no, so what happened was I see the banner for this thing on my Netflix one day and you know how the, like the trailer starts automatically playing. Yeah. And as soon as he comes up, I'm like, I have seen this guy before and I was trying to place it. I couldn't place it. And I went to YouTube and what I found on YouTube was his, uh, his 
his ads for his presidential bid. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Was it uh, 2016? I think. Yeah, I think 20? so. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think, think it was. It was. Yes, it was. And um, but I don't remember how, when, why, or whatever. But in like 2015, 2016, I came across one of those ads somehow. I think somebody sent I think it to it was me. A, I think it was a comedian. Maybe brought I, it up. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I had seen it, just kind of dismissed it, and then all of a sudden, here's this crazy story about him and. As soon as shutdown hits, it's like the thing that everybody started watching. Yes. In March, and all of a sudden, all anybody could talk about was Joe Exotic and how Carol Baskins killed her husband. <laughs> I the, know. All the Tiger King memes that came out after that show came out are incredible. I you just need to, you yes. just need to. Well, so much divisiveness in our country, but the one thing that brought us together. <laughs> Was Tiger King? Oh my word! So, do you think that was actually him singing no, in his country no, it, it songs? No, it wasn't. So he, so yeah, that's another one of the things you yes. can just add to the list Look up about some of his how country unbelievable this is. Because I would be there and I'd, well, I'd be sitting there watching, and Ashley and I would be talking like, "Man, it actually has a good voice, pretty, like pretty this good is voice." Shocking. <laughs> no, no, it's so. If, for those of you who don't know, uh, there are music videos. You can go watch music videos of Joe Exotic. He recorded several of his own country albums. Um. But no, it's not him singing. And that not only is clear <laughs> um, just by how good the voice is, but there's a moment in the series, I think it's at a funeral. I think it's at a very serious yes. moment. Yes, it it's is. A funeral that he sings oh, yeah. live. Oof, he sings live. It's, and it's, weird. it's very it is, weird. It's it very is painful. so painful. Yeah. But you're like, yeah, that's not, that's not him yeah. singing. I mean, you alluded to it earlier, but I can remember watching the first episode and then someone just telling me, dude, it gets crazier. And then you watch the next episode and someone's like, man, keep watching. It gets crazier. And you're like, what is about to happen to get crazier than it already is? Yeah, but yeah. yeah, Tiger King 2020. So that's one, of, that's one of the things. Pop culture. Me. JM. Yeah, pop culture. Anything from pop culture that yeah, well, stood uh, out to you? Lighter, lighter moment. Well, I think, um, I think the streaming services definitely won. Uh, in 2020, because I, I think there's a lot of di- like you can look back at 2020, and to take it to take things lightly, you could look at different services or different things that really like won the year for them, right? So like I think delivery services were probably a big thing that probably increased. I know streaming services, Zoom. We mentioned that when we were planning our episode. Yeah. How bit? How just? How Zoom basically? Remember exploded. when you didn't know what Zoom was? <laughs> I didn't know what it was. None of, None of us did. None of us did. We had Skype. We didn't yeah. know we needed Zoom. We had we had Skype and FaceTime. But uh, because of that, there were a lot of you know other entertainment industries that suffered, such as like concert industry complete completely tanked i mean there were a few like so you had some drive-in concerts that happened people were trying to get creative with how to do these things but a bunch of bunch of instagram live acoustic shows yeah there was a lot of instagram live performances in people's basements yep (laughs) so you had a lot of that one thing that happened though that was sort of like a big i feel like was a big cultural moment within pop culture was once the shutdown happened, basically movie theaters shut down for a while. And really, still largely, yeah. I mean, they're open now, but, I mean, not a lot of people Barely. are going. No, JM, would you say that... There's not a lot of movies being seen. Would you say that you felt the effect of this more than the average <laughs> I <person>? felt... <laughs> 
John Mark goes to three movies a day for I those try. That, that don't know. It did affect me. I had my AMC Stubbs account. They had to put that on hold. They had to freeze it. Couldn't use it because they wouldn't, weren't showing movies. You had your parking spot. <laughs> and my <laughs> reserve parking spot. His my, my tub seat. of popcorn. <laughs> T-shirt. Okay, so, I'm sorry. What happened was, though, there was a movie. They started pushing all these movies back, right? Like a big one was the 007 movie got pushed back and still hasn't come out till this day. Um, And there were a lot of other movies. One of them that kept getting pushed back was this movie Tenet, which is a movie by Christopher Nolan. It's sort of like a science fiction action thriller, uh, time bending, time traveling kind of movie. That was like this big blockbuster that was set to come out in July, and they kept having to push it back. Well, eventually, they the studio just decided, we're going to release this thing in September, I think is when it came out. So I was looking at local theaters, and there's a theater called Sidewalk that's downtown. It's an independent theater, and they made an announcement that they were going to do uh, like six weeks of screening this film, Tenet, and you could actually, they were going to limit the capacity and all that stuff, and that you could actually buy out the whole theater, essentially. You could buy out uh, all 12 tickets in the theater and go see the movie, and you could do that however you wanted to. So you could go see it by yourself. Yeah, what were were you going to say? I was going to say, so John Mark, what'd you do? (laughs) (laughs) So I got on the horn with... this is going somewhere. (laughs) So I, I must confess, I have been to a movie during the pandemic. I know that not everybody has, but I have. And I'm sure I, glad Brad and I don't have to own up <laughs> to such a thing. We're getting there. So I texted my friend John Ball and I said, dude, do you think we could get like enough people to go see this thing if I just went ahead and bought tickets now? Like if I just bought all 12 and then got paid back later? And he was like, I think we could do it. I think we could. He's like, it's really no different than going to church. Because at that point, we had started having services again. Right, right, right. People yep. were wearing masks, things like that. And that's the way the theater was. Like, you wear a yep. mask, you go sit, social distance, and all that stuff. So I got you guys. <laughs> <laughs> sent out John a John Ball, I sent out a text. Jeremy, Chris Cargile, I'm calling out everybody. If you've, if, you've been lying, if you've been lying to people about not going out, I'm calling you out right now. Uh, and we all went and saw the movie together at the theater. And that was kind of the most kind of trying to get back to normal thing that you could do is like, oh, we're going out in public. Yeah. We're going to see a movie in the theater, and it's a new movie. It's not an old Star Wars movie. Yes. So it, it allowed me to maintain my personal average of seeing about one movie a year in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> and it was classic Nolan. The movie was classic Nolan. It's classic Nolan. The whole um, time, I loved it, and I'm asking, what is happening? <laughs> what is time? How does time travel work? I don't know. I don't understand, but it was great. I found out that Denzel Washington's son is the star of the movie. Yeah, I knew about John the actor. David I had Washington. no idea it was Denzel's son. So, yeah, it was great. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I definitely had the same feeling. 45 minutes in, I was confused as all get out. I was trying to like keep up with everything, and there was just so much happening. I just Eventually, you just kind of let that go, and you just go with the flow. Yeah. You yeah, just I, say, you know, I'm not going to fully yeah. comprehend this right now. I just need to let it go. I'm resisting every urge I have to get into like a breakdown I know. of like all the reasons why that is or isn't or whatever. We talked about doing a tenant episode, which we may still do. Maybe yeah, we should just happen. do. Yeah, we could Or maybe do. we've already done it. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. We could uh 
we could do a tenant episode or an entire just like Christopher Nolan fanboy episode. Yeah. yeah. For those great. who don't know who Nolan great. is, he did the Dark Knight trilogy. That's what he's most famous for. Also for oh. Inception, mm-hmm. Interstellar. Um, and he's like this auteur director. Like he's very involved in every part of the filmmaking process. He's very specific about where the cameras are and... And uh, he works with these huge budgets now. He used to not be like that, but we can talk about that on a Christopher Nolan episode <laughs> yeah, sometime. Yeah. That would yeah, be fun. He did The Prestige. Did The Prestige, which what's is right? awesome. So many movies. Whoa, what's the other one? That Memento. Yeah, that, Memento, that one. Yeah. Which was, that was the one that was like on a very small budget. That was like before he blew up and really became a big director. So that was interesting. I was reading some facts about it, and... Um, so, real quick, it grossed, according to Wikipedia... So the rest of this is going to be a talent no, podcast. No, no, no. Just one, just one thing I wanted to mention, because this just goes to show you how much COVID like affected everything. Um, according to Wikipedia, it grossed $362 million worldwide, but it still lost money because oh, of the goodness. costly production and the marketing. I mean, this could have been like probably a billion-dollar movie, I'm sure, in a normal year, but just because of the pandemic, it... Could you imagine? Shades, we brought in in $320 million this year. We did not make budget, though. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Didn't quite make it. Oh. That's so insane. But I did love that movie, and that was a fun movie to go see. It was fun to go see it with friends. So that was kind of like a fun highlight of yeah, 2020 for me. That was a fun me. highlight. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Brad? Yeah. Anything well, come to mind? Maybe in the pop culture world or yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. Not so much? Well, in the pop culture world, um, I feel like we have to mention the Taylor Swift albums. Whoa. Yeah, here we go. It was a thing. Twenty twenty could not. Twenty twenty could not stop Taylor Swift. Um, she did. She dropped two albums in quarantine while being quarantined. Uh, Folklore and Evermore. Uh, she. I, I. I'll be honest, guys. I haven't listened to them. Have you not one. listened to it, Jonathan? No, no, not the new one. The Evermore. Uh, okay. I, I think I may have heard like a song off of it, but I haven't like listened to it yet. Yeah, yeah. So she she did it with. Uh, Aaron, is it Desner? Desner. From The, the National. National. And I'm a big fan of The National. And she did it with uh, Jack Jack Antonoff. Yeah. From uh, Bleachers and Fun. And she just dropped a... Well, I don't think she just dropped it. It's probably been a little bit. But on Disney+, Plus, there's a live showing at a, a studio. Long Pond Studio. A pretty oh, yeah. cool studio. Yeah. With the three of them. And they talk. Cool. They talk about how it was the first time they were playing the songs together because they made the album. Oh my gosh! Like all remotely? being in quarantine. Yeah. Oh man. So there's a Bon Iver track on the album, and she still hasn't seen him. Still hasn't performed the song with him. <laughs> uh, they did it all in quarantine. So pretty wild. Um, I wonder, and I, I wonder how many albums were made that way. I this think a year. lot of albums. I I went in just personally. Like I did a couple of small studio gigs during uh, 2020. And when I would talk to the studio, I mean, these are just studios in Birmingham, okay? And they were like, the engineers there were like, we've, I mean, we've been nonstop busy. So it's kind of crazy. I feel like Nashville, I'm sure there's just tons of records being made right now. Wow. Because they're not doing anything else. So I can't play live, really. Yeah, totally. So what did you, what do you think about the albums? So Uh, to to be fair, I haven't really listened to them. I feel like you hate them, John Mark. (laughs) (laughs) I just haven't listened to them. I didn't really give it a chance. Let's be honest, Brad. Comparatively speaking, 
if you put John Mark or myself next to your love for Taylor Swift, we appear as haters. Well, Are, I, do you I, love Taylor Swift? No. Do you like a big Swift? I, I fan? really don't. So I actually didn't really listen to her until 1989. He's not yeah. telling the truth. And I really liked the 1989 album. And then to be honest, I haven't really listened to her since okay. then. She put out what? One more album? Two more albums? Maybe. I don't know. One or two? I can't remember. But I didn't really listen to the other ones. So I think I really just liked the 1989 album. But when she dropped this album, I knew it was going to be different. I saw that she's teaming up with a guy from the National, a big National fan. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this could be cool. And when they did the live version where it was very stripped down, I was like, oh, man, this is so the National. Like, yeah. Like the vibes of it. So yeah. I enjoyed it. I liked the Bon Iver song. But, you know, it's Taylor Swift. And because it's Taylor Swift, I feel like you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Yeah. Or you're going to be indifferent. Maybe that's how you can respond to anything. But it I, seems you know, like with Taylor Swift, so, I feel like that's a thing. I mean, so many things divided us in 2020. T-Swift <laughs> being, you know, right there at the yeah. center of it all. So one elder who will not be named, Uh-oh. but it was Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> he hated the album and was very vocal about it. Which and is why he's what, no longer an elder. Exactly. Because he was, that. He was removed. He was, he was removed immediately. He was swiftly removed. <laughs> I see what you did. We there. packed his bags. He's no longer in Birmingham. Um, <laughs> but he was like, I hate this album. And so I'm like, wow, I'm going to go listen to it. And I, I kind of get what he was saying, but I enjoyed it. I, and Jordan and I honestly put it on, put on both the albums and we'll listen to it while we're having dinner. And it's so experientially, I, I can't really defend it from an intellectual level, but <laughs> it brought me joy in 2020. Well, and I feel like somebody, that's what this is about. If somebody tells you they hate something, are you predisposed to love it? And the vice versa <laughs> being true. Like if somebody tells you they, they it, love something, you're predisposed to hate it. I don't know. I need to think about that. I have some friends that are that way for yeah. sure. Well, yeah, sometimes yeah. it's fun to be contrarian in that way. Like people do it on purpose, I feel like. As yes. far as the Taylor Swift thing, I feel like this is her version, although I haven't listened. I've listened to the Bonnie Vera track several times because I do like that track a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is like her version of a popified, cleaner, like folk album. Yeah. Like she's trying to dive into that world, but she doesn't right. want to go as far as those guys go yep. that helped produce the record but she wants to like just dip in there a little bit right and still keep her fan base but maybe get some new fans maybe get some new listeners in right. so in some ways like i i get it from that standpoint like i'm sure i know some people that i really respect musically that really love it a lot that oh, really, really like, okay really like the albums oh yeah so i think joseph wonsky likes it too yeah you know yeah We'll just go on and call him out on it. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> He's not here himself, to defend himself. Uh, so, yeah. listen. If you've listened to the Taylor Swift album, we'd love to hear what you think. <laughs> Give us oh Email us. Midweek. Shades of Light. Well, uh, so John Mark mentioned streaming services. Mm -hmm. And Brad, you mentioned Disney+. Plus, I and did. I, I would be remiss yeah. <laughs> if I did not. We would hate for you to be remiss. Uh, if I did not bring to light the Disney Plus event, as great as I'm sure the T-Swift thing is that you just described, <laughs> and as much as I loved receiving the second season of The Mandalorian. Whoa, I thought you were going to say The Mandalorian. No, 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 yeah, no. no. That's where I, I loved you were it. Going. Loved okay. it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Okay. It was good. You know, I, I would be remiss. It, I, I'm talking about full-on culture. Like, I think cultural impact. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hamilton came to Disney Plus Woo! in 2020. That's true. I still haven't watched it. You, yet. you haven't watched it? No. Um, I don't know. Guys. Do you even like music? I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, well, to be fair to me, I had not seen or listened to it before then. 
So like I was new this is to, con- to this Hamilton is, this in is 2020. This is a contrarian thing, isn't it? <laughs> Too many people said they like <laughs> Too it. Too many people talking about it, so it pushes me to not want to watch it. Listen, JM, the amount of times, the amount of times. I just asked you yesterday about something on Netflix. I was like, hey, did you see such and such? And you're like, yeah, it was terrible. I didn't like it at all. The amount of times you tell me that you've spent time watching terrible things, you can spare two hours to go watch him. All right, maybe I can watch it before our next podcast. Podcast and I'll report back. Yeah, I, I've heard it's great. Oh my word! The drummer. What didn't you tell me about the? You had watched some videos of the drummer. Yes, from I, Hamilton. So yes, per, I love the drum tracks. Personal Man. personal thought here. Mm-hmm. I, I think that you almost need to actually listen to it before you watch it. Um, listen to the soundtrack. Yeah. Mm. So Holly, I showed her a couple of clips from it because I, I watched it by myself when it came out because yeah. I had already listened to the music and was familiar with it and all of that. Right. And I showed Holly a couple of, like clips or even a song here or there, and she just was like, "Ah, eh, okay, yeah, sure, whatever." It's hard to keep track of. Right. I mean, it, it's so fast paced. Yep. But but then. I started playing some of the music around the house more and she became more familiar with the music and she started listening to the music and then we sat down and watched the whole thing together and she loved it. And I think it's because like you're just so much you're you're able to pay so much more attention yep. to the musical as a whole yep. instead of just straining to catch lyrically what's happening and what's going on and so Totally. But yeah, no. I'm a fan. I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Enjoyed. Me too. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I really do want to read the the Chernow, uh biography uh, that inspired the the musical. Yeah. People say it's really good. So, what know. was that? Wasn't it Joseph that was telling us about the videos that you can watch of the audio engineer for the Hamilton show, and oh. he is doing these crazy things where, like, if you don't know wh- kind of what I'm talking about, like an audio engineer, like Glenn Wall here or Matt Watson, like here at Shades, they typically sit behind the soundboard on Sunday mornings to run sound, right? Yep. So uh, obviously like big stage productions, they have these engineers there on hand. This guy is like, has learned the show by memory to where he's moving, physically moving these sliding mixers, which control the volume of each singer and rapper on stage. And he's doing this in unison with like, okay, it's this time, it's time for this guy to do his part. And then he's turning down everything else. And he's like, it's like this crazy thing. I guess I have not seen the video, but I've heard it's insane. Yes. You can just YouTube it. Yeah. Uh, sound guy Hamilton. Sound and guy if you've Hamilton. seen Hamilton, you know how insane that is because yeah. of how fast paced it is and how many people are singing. I have to go check it out. But yeah, so That's crazy. Definitely, yeah. Got to talk about Hamilton. Anyway, what else? Well, staying on uh, streaming, a oh. show that I enjoyed that I don't know if either of you saw was a show about chess. <laughs> 2020, man. So we start the year with tigers. I, it, it just sucked and me we, in. We ended all watching someone stare at a chessboard <laughs> for about three hours. Everybody wants to be Bobby Fischer now. <laughs> so yeah, the Queen's Gambit. I don't know if you guys saw it or what you thought about it, but uh, the Queen's Gambit is an American coming of age period drama miniseries based on the novel by Walter Tevis, a 1983 novel. Um, it's starring Anya Taylor-Joy, who has been in... What else has she been in? She, she was, was in Emma. She was in Emma. Which was a movie which, to tie this to 2020, was a film, one of the first um, at-home rental movies, because we rented it at home. Yes. Was that a remake? I think it was. Um, it's based on a... Isn't it uh, 
Jane Austen, isn't it? Uh, I, I have. What is the? I, I, I can yeah. totally. I, I may have, be just. I have visions this, of Gwyneth Paltrow in my head <laughs> for some reason right now. I think yes, they did yes. remake it. Yes, Gwyneth Paltrow. But there was a movie. They remade anyways, it. yeah, she was yeah, in, she's that. in that. She was also in The Witch, which is one of the most horrifying movies I've ever seen. Oh, I heard about I that. I went to a friend's house one night. I was like, hey, what are we going to watch? He's like, The Witch. I was like, is it scary? He was like, no. We watched it. I didn't <laughs> sleep for two weeks. <laughs> That's the worst. So she's a great actress, but uh, yeah, it's it's on Netflix. It's in the mid. It's based kind of in the mid-50s, goes into the 60s. I thought they redid the period really well. It's about the life of an orphan chess prodigy and her rise to the top of the chess world. And also, kind of the battles that she has with her demons, drug and alcohol dependency, and yeah. how that kind of manifested itself in her life, and how she was able to overcome that. So, I mean, I think I enjoy just witnessing greatness. Anytime you are witnessing greatness or genius or brilliance, and then you're able to look at what makes them tick, how do they cope with what they're experiencing. It's just all just really interesting. So yeah. I enjoyed the. I thought the show about chess was fascinating. Yeah, it was phenomenal for sure. I we I really enjoyed it. Ashley and I watched it together, and it's a limited series too. So I think there was only what seven episodes, seven or eight, something like yep. that. Yep. So a little easier to get through, especially if you have kiddos like us. And uh, we actually went on vacation, like a, just an anniversary trip, just the two of us. We went to Chattanooga for a weekend, and. Uh, we watched the whole series while we were in Chattanooga. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. I, do y'all play chess? I may or may no. not have downloaded a couple of chess apps. So, did, did, <laughs> let me ask you did you did you know how to play chess before you? I mean, yeah, I knew how down. to play. I was never I was never a serious player. I was never like in chess club. I never learned strategies or anything like that. But I mean, I knew how to play, and I played no, I, every now I do yeah. not know how to play. So I couldn't I, tell. I you. will say, as I was watching that TV show, one I hate math. <laughs> So there were moments in that show where I am getting so stressed out because I think about how she is sitting there and anticipating the uh, the move that he's going to make and then all the possibilities from that move and the move that she's going to make and all the possibilities from that and how she was able to do that all in her head. And I'm just like, this is absolutely insane. The fact that people's minds can do this. Oh, yeah. And there are people that really do that. Right. Like, like I mean, there's the moment where she, and I forget which, uh, male character it was like they are playing at a chessboard and they're just practicing but they stand up from the board and continue to play without looking at the board just verbally right like night to whatever i don't even know the, yes. the space names it, and they play until somebody wins that's just, right and they've got it all in their head and yep. i'm like yeah i don't crazy. i don't understand no I it's absolutely insane yeah. so yeah that was awesome and i know they were acting but again there are people that really can do that <laughs> oh so yeah, viewer discretion advised, you know, check it out before you watch it. But yeah, a, a show that I think we enjoyed. The Queen's The Queen's Gambit. Gambit. Apparently that's what, an opening chess move? Yeah, it's a name of something. <laughs> it's a name that has something to do with chess. So yeah. Yeah, we really loved that. One one thing I wanted to mention too before I get to this last thing. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Something. One thing I wanted to mention was we did an episode on this show that happened last year called The Last Dance. We have yeah. a whole podcast about it. Yep. It's about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls and their six championship run that they had in the nineties. <clears throat> and that to me was a definitely a cultural moment that happened in twenty twenty. Because this was something that aired live on ESPN every yeah. week and Ashley and I would actually plan our Sunday night 
And it would be an event. It would be like at 8 p.m. The Last Dance comes on. We get to see two more episodes of The Last Dance. Like, I don't know. It was just a lot of fun to watch. I felt like a lot of people tried to watch it live in the moment when it was happening. How long has it been since there's been a televised event like that where everybody's watching Gosh, the same man. thing at the same time? I know. That was no they, idea. They could not have planned that better, I feel I like. I know. I know. So yeah, anyways, that was great. I was going to mention that. This last thing that I wanted to mention is we were looking through different things that happened. Um, I'm looking at this article. <laughs> this was widely di- dis- distributed by all mainstream media outlets, uh, various media outlets. You're mean you're not in some dark corner of the internet We're not right in now? So- some dark corner. This is mainstream, and it's been reported by everybody. But uh, apparently on Wednesday, April 29th of 2020, the Pentagon officially released UFO videos. Now, this is... <laughs> This is significant because these videos. Who decides that? Somewhere. Hey, we, hey you know those UFO videos we got? Somewhere. We need there, to release hey, There's a hey, massive Bob. group of nerds that are that feel <laughs> so validated. Hey, Bob, do you hey, have that hard where, drive? Where? You don't have that hard drive, do you? Where is Bill in PR? Can we get Bill in PR? Bill, do you think we need to release these videos or not? Hey. Yeah, I guess so. It'd probably be a good idea. Okay. Well, so they had actually been in circulation already. Is the deal? So there, there's a organization. Uh, I think it's called To the Stars. And get this, get this. Yeah. It's Tom DeLong from Blink-182. Blink-182. He's a massive like yeah. UFO guy. And you can go listen to interviews and podcasts. He kind of gives his whole spiel. But he started this organization. So wild. And they released some of these videos. I think they're from 05 or 06. I'll have to go through this article as I'm talking about this because I didn't really plan this too well. But... <laughs> What do you say about the UFO findings? We What comments do you make? But it's interesting, though. The Pentagon has officially released three short videos showing unidentified aerial phenomena that had been previously released by a private company. The videos show what appear to be unidentified flying objects rapidly moving while recorded by infrared cameras. Two of the videos contain service members reacting in awe at how quickly the objects are moving. One voice speculates that it could be a drone. The Navy previously acknowledged the veracity of the videos in September of 2019, but they are officially releasing them now in order to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating was real or whether or not there is more to the videos, according to Pentagon spokesperson Sue. Sue. <laughs> Sue Go. Please tell... Oh, okay. I, so, I was hoping it was just her first name. <laughs> so they, they, had, they told old Sue, hey, get out there and <laughs> talk to the media. <laughs> After a thorough review, this is her quote, I guess. We've been denying this. Yeah. This is her, I guess. You go tell them, Sue. After a thorough review, the department has determined that the authorized release of these unclassified videos does not reveal any sensitive capabilities or systems and does not impinge on any subsequent investigations of military airspace incursions by unidentified aerial phenomena. So, yeah, they were released back in 2017. I think this was uh, these were videos from 2004. I'm kind of reading through this article right now. <laughs> Just read the whole article. But uh, I have seen the videos, and I have heard people talking about them. And I guess what is interesting about the video is that there is, uh, when you're watching this thing on infrared camera, there there really is no way that, at least it seems, that the, the this could be... Uh, technology or equipment that we have like the way that it moves and the speed in which it moves and sort of the directions in which it goes so what are you saying Mark? <laughs> yeah well it could be i mean maybe we do have 
technology. Maybe other countries have technology. That's not what you said, Jamar. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, this is an older video, so I don't know. I'm not really I'm, making a claim on anything. I'm not staking a claim anywhere. I just think it's interesting. I feel like 2020 has beaten us down so much that <laughs> when someone's like, hey, did you hear about those UFO sightings? You're like, okay. <laughs> You're like, oh, here we go. Yeah. The like aliens the, are coming. Sure. <laughs> sure. What else is going on? So that was fun. That's fun. Well, Check those videos out. Yeah. They're real. They're online. Well, in light of all of those very serious things we just talked about <laughs> from last year, not to, to turn the conversation too much, but you know, basically to do a total 180. Um, I, I thought that here at the, or we thought here at the uh, the close of this episode, we could reflect personally just on kind of like what the Lord maybe has been teaching each of us uh, as individuals um, throughout the course of, of 2020. So again, anybody want to start or, or do I need to start? I'll go first. Cause <laughs> mine, I'm not going to be long about this. Um, and mine's pretty obvious. Cause I feel like this is something that everybody feels and has felt during 2020. But I think um, one thing that really stuck out to me was, uh, once the lockdown happened, once Shades Valley as a church decided to not have services anymore, I I felt like uh, community was such a thing that really, uh, you know, it's a word that can get thrown out around a lot. And I think before the pandemic, it was like very easy to take for granted, really, at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And so I think what 2020 has shown us uh, is that uh, people need community. We need each other, uh, and and specifically the uh, gathered gathering for worship together. The the body of believers gathering together, unified on a Sunday morning. And obviously, we have done our best to do that safely, uh, cautiously, and with wisdom. We had to go out and buy a bunch of equipment to be able to live stream. We've talked about all these things before. I'm here every Sunday. I lead worship. So I don't, I'm not uh, staying at home watching the services. And I know that it's been really hard for a lot of families during this time. And so, you know, I say all that to say, um, you know, for those that are listening to this podcast and that, and that has been you, you've had a, uh, you know, you have kids and you haven't been able to come to the services for whatever reason. Like, um, I recognize that and I, and I agree with you because I know that that can be a very difficult thing to go through and Mm -hmm. to not see the people that you love, to not be able to connect with people, maybe even within your own community group that you're a part of. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's been a big thing, just kind of, uh, reemphasizing that for me in my life and in our family's life and just the importance of community, specifically like gathered worship on Sunday morning. There was this, um, I'm pulling this out of my head, so I'm probably going to get some of this wrong. So I apologize in advance, but there was a, poll that was done, I believe it was a Pew Research poll, but it could have been one of those other uh, data centers. But they talked, they they asked a wide variety of people, male, female, Christian, atheist, uh, black, white, and they basically just were kind of gauging them on like where their mental health was, maybe in comparison from 2019 and where it was in 2020. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they also did this by socioeconomic status, too. So it was, mm. uh, if you're more uh, poor income, middle class, um, if you're a high wage earner, 
And what what was interesting that the data that came back was the only group that actually increased in some sort of positive way in 2020 in terms of like their their overall mental health and stability were those that were attending in-person services which mm. is which was crazy to think about. Mm. And so I don't say that in this sort of like shaming way especially to the people that are at home worshiping with us. I don't say that like right, right. you're missing out on something or you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. That's not what I'm saying at all. I just think I'm using that as a way to emphasize the importance of of community and yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure w- one of the things that i've appreciated week to week that uh that you do a lot jm is uh at various points in the service you'll look directly at the camera and and talk to people who are watching on the live stream and and for those who are listening and like that's that's kind of your normal like you're you're watching um that is never done no matter who does it jm or brad or whoever that's not done it's just kind of like a perfunctory nod right um yeah like i really hope that that you feel and sense that's done out of out of a sense that we grieve and we're all grieving together as a community that you know it's not it's not possible for us to all be together at the same time in the same place because of a whole host of various issues and yeah. Anyway, so yeah, totally. Um, so well, yeah, and the, and I was just gonna say, I think for those of you that are have been at home and have been live streaming, and you're just like, I'm done with the live stream, right? <laughs> yeah, like I appreciate the quality, I, I appreciate right. the work, but like I'm just tired of this. Yeah, you know, like know that that's valid. That yeah, that feeling is valid. Hundred percent. That um, while we're thankful for the live stream and that you're able to participate in that way, that that's not the ideal. Right. And that we are, I mean, I, I, I said it this past Sunday, but we, we are less without you yeah. in the service and we feel your absence. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. Right. And, and, and we care for you and just acknowledge what you're going through and how hard it is. Right. And, and again, just like JM said, and I know this is Brad's heart too. None of that is said as a sense of like guilt or, or any of that. It's, it's meant to be validation for you of of how important you are yeah uh as a part of the body 100 percent, brad how about you well on that note of community i feel like one of the things that the lord has been teaching me in in 2020 once again is um how to listen and how to bear with brothers and sisters of brothers and sisters in christ um not just in our suffering, not just bearing with one another in our suffering, but bearing with one another in our differences. Mm-hmm. And in reflecting over this this past year, um, I was just struck by the reality of our body. And the reality is that faithful members in our body that are following Jesus Christ are going to disagree. <laughs> it's just the reality. Um, people are going to disagree about how we should respond to the coronavirus, to all the details. Um, faithful members that love Jesus are going to disagree about politics. Um, faithful members within our body that love Jesus are going to have different narratives about the social unrest in our country, and they're going to have different solutions and ideas about about what should happen. Um, now that's the reality. Um, I, I think we've all kind of experienced that. 
uh, this past year. But the question that I'm kind of left, left asking myself is, how do I respond to that? How do we as a body respond to that? How do we live with one another in the midst of this reality? And I think I've seen that in the flesh, my tendency is to want to surround myself with people that think exactly like I do on whatever issue. Um, And my tendency is to want to write people off and to demonize, in a way, people that disagree with me. I mean, I have to be honest and say that that's my heart in the flesh. Um, That's my go-to move. Um, But I also have to acknowledge that I believe in another reality. And I believe in the reality that in the midst of all of our diversity, we are, as Shades Valley, unified in Jesus Christ. That's not just a future reality. That is a, a present reality. That we really do belong to one another. That we really are less without one another. And... I mean, I believe that. That's absolutely crazy. <laughs> um, when you get into all the differences and you get into all the, the disagreements. Um, but an example to kind of just show what the Lord was teaching me is uh, early on in 2020, uh, I had a disagreement with a member uh, that I cared deeply about. Um, and we had... We had uh, not an argument, but just a heated conversation. And so we, we came together in a meeting and we started by just trying to understand the other person. Um, we started by listening to one another, uh, asking one another, you know, where is your heart? Where, uh, help me understand. And we had a long conversation and, I remember leaving that conversation and thinking, we still disagree, (laughs) Um, but that's okay. We better understood one another. We spoke our frustrations. We apologized for any wrongs that we had done to one another. Um, We shared about what was going on in our lives. Um, And I remember leaving that meeting, and I don't say that in any way to praise myself or this other person because it was totally the Lord, but I can remember leaving that meeting saying like, Lord, please empower me to continue doing this. Please empower me to continue to have these conversations, these hard conversations. Please continue to empower me um, to be okay when other people disagree with me or are upset with me. Um, Please empower us as a body to be a people that don't just vent on social media or vent with people that are like-minded, but really bear with one another in our differences. And that, so that's been to experience that um, and to uh, feel how hard that is, right? Um, how hard it is, but how beautiful it can be and how it is such an essential witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ has been something that the Lord taught to me. Jonathan? Well, Brad, you said uh, the word listen several times and talked mm-hmm. about that importance of listening. And I think that that plays a lot into what straight into what the Lord has been doing in my, my own heart um, in the, in the wake of um, the killing of George Floyd, when, when really the, the social unrest that uh went on throughout the majority of the summer really just first kind of began to 
uh, erupt on onto the the stage front and center of mm-hmm. the social conscience mm-hmm. of what was going on and what was taking because before that like news headlines were about nothing but covid yeah and then all of a sudden there was a shift right right yeah. and into what was the main uh topic of conversation and and so issues of um uh, racial injustice, the, the history of our country, and issues of racism, and ongoing issues of racism—all these things, like all of that, kind of boils to the front. And I think because it it boiled to the—I mean, this was this was in the first time that a situation like the one with George Floyd had occurred. Um, even over the last couple of years, it's not the first time it, it had been presented to me or to many of us or any of that kind of stuff. But but all of a sudden something was different, and and and. It was sustained in our uh, consciousness in a in a different kind of way, and and us all being quarantined and shut down may have had a part to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm not trying to analyze that or anything. I'm just saying, like for me, it sat on my personal conscience and heart in a in a little bit different way. And it and it, what it began to push me to do is it began to push me to want to listen mm. and to be convicted by. Why I, I feel like in the past I've listened or I've asked questions when things like this have happened or whatnot, but but all of a sudden I was being convicted with I was that done in more of a perfunctory way? Sorry, I don't know why I just said perfunctory for the second time. It's good. It's my like word that. of the it's day. Good word. <laughs> apparently, but but like you know, did I do that just because it was it was habit or, or habit or, or the the right thing to do or what have not? But but all of a sudden I felt like I lacked. Uh, understanding in a way that I I hadn't really felt before. And part of what made me begin to feel that was I began to, for instance, look into resources and books on the issue mm. and began to discover a whole new world um, of authors. And I'm not just talking like secular social theorists. I'm talking about solid Christian mm. authors. And I'm like, why have I never even known yeah. That these resources existed, and all of a sudden, it just becomes this like, this is not a conversation I have engaged in in the way I should. This is not something I have listened the way I should and and learned because I'm not even aware of of what's being said, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as I began to engage that, what what really the Lord began to convict me of in my heart is Jonathan. There are certain sins that for whatever reason you are convinced are not an issue for you. Mm. You know, like uh, I, I think that all of us as Christians would say, even though we're, even though we're Christians, we live in the midst of the already not yet. Um, mm. Like e- even sins that we experience a lot of victory over, it's not like they're just non-issues anymore. It's not like you never struggle with anger or you're never bitter or right. You never lust, or you never whatever. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I I was convicted. There are certain things that you've put in different category, and one of those being racism. Mm. Like you've set that in a category of oh well, that's that's completely a non-issue for me. Instead of mm-hmm. asking the hard question of are there ways, are there situations, are there times? Okay, maybe this isn't like you know something that you feel is this the forefront struggle of your life or something like that. But are you willing to listen 
and to learn and to examine your heart, examine your life, examine the world around you yeah. and, and ask those hard questions. Yeah. Are you willing to wrestle with the experiences of your black brothers and sisters in Christ? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, my mentor is Dr. My main mentor is Dr. Robert Smith Jr. We had him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I mean, Dr. Robert Smith is uh, a black pastor, um, preacher. He's taught my preaching class, Brad's preaching class at, at Beeson. I love this man. I call him father. He calls me son. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I had never had a conversation with him about racism. Mm. That blows my mind. Wow. Yeah. You know, and I don't think I don't think I'd ever thought twice about it. Yeah. You know. And, and so just, I, the Lord just really began to convict me. Like, regard, uh, Brad, you mentioned earlier, like, people have different narratives about the social unrest and all that. Like, regardless of all of that, like, like set that aside. Set all of the, the lingo, set the controversial phraseology or, or whatever yeah. aside for just a moment. And, and just, I was convicted about, John, you, you need to ask the questions. You need to listen. You need to revisit the word. And yeah. listen to what God's word has to say and, and examine your own heart and be honest before the Lord. And that's a process I feel like I'm st- I'm very much still in, right. you know, um, yes. I, I'm still trying to, to listen and to learn and to um, and to examine. And uh, and yeah, I, I pray that that's not something that I get over or that ends or, or whatever. And, and not just with regard to issues of racial injustice, but. With I, I I feel like I'm. This is making me be more cognizant of any time there is some kind of wrong, sin, whatever that I'm presented with that I am dismissive of. Yeah. Or or have the immediate thought of, whew, thankful that's not my issue. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. And and so I'm I'm hoping that as a whole, like that process, has been ignited in a new way in my own heart and life and um, and yeah. So that's something that the Lord has been using in my life and 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 dealing with me on that I think that I, I think I'm just at the beginning of, yeah. of what he's doing and convicting me of and, and, and dealing with me and, and all of that. Yeah. No, I mean Jonathan, as you were talking, I was just I was struck by your confession and how beautiful it was, and then immediately I became sad because I was struck with the reality that so many people are not going to be able to hear what you just said because they're going to immediately politicize it or see it through the lens of some sort of media battle. And I think my prayer for 2021 is that we would be able to have these conversations in the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we would be able to to talk about these things, to be, to be honest with one another, um, that we would be able to have these conversations with humility and mm. in weakness and in love for for one another and that all of it would be shaped by the scriptures and by the gospel of Jesus Christ and not by something else out there in the world mm-hmm. and so that's that's been been my prayer yeah well guys I know we started on like a really <laughs> light note <laughs> And kind of have come into a, a heavier note, but I'll be honest. Uh, I mean, just telling everybody out there, like we didn't discuss ahead of time, not in any great detail, what each of us was going to. No, and this is how to- all our conversations are anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's laughter, true. tears, laughter, uh, tears, true. right? Oh. But guys, I um, 
I know that we're recording this and it's going to be launched out into the to the world to <laughs> to our tens of listeners. Um yeah. but I really do just appreciate both of you like your vulnerability. Um it would have been easy for us to come in and do something perfunctory. Um, <laughs> it would have been easy <laughs> for word. us to come in and be like, "Well, this is what God taught me" or whatever, but I feel like I mean just as yeah. I listen to both of you guys and all that like that you really even in this moment bore a part of your heart that I haven't really gotten to hear in the mm-hmm. way you just articulated it. And so yeah. I, I appreciate that from both of you and guys, uh, we started shades midweek in 2020. We Woo! sure did before, uh, before all the, the feels pandemic hit and all, all the that. feels yeah. right now. So, so we're, that rapping. is wild. I mean, I guess we'll truly do like a, a, a reflection on the first year of shades midweek when we get to the anniversary oh, of, of it. Of course. Um, yeah, we can give the people long, what they want. Can have a big party, but yeah, you know, <laughs> with Zoom or something. I don't know. Yeah, we'll get Tim Keller. He'll no, come. We'll, we'll do it on that private Kardashian island. You yeah. know where she did. Oh that. yeah, where she well, had her birthday. That's yeah, right. yeah. Right, or, we'll look into that. You know, we'll talk. We'll talk to the the Brits that made their Megxit. <laughs> and uh, and see if they can fund it or something like that. I'm just right. trying to get in every to get possible every, every, 2020. every reference. reference I can right here. Every reference. Oh. Yeah, we did. We started it, and I think we started it in February of last year. So, yeah, we'll definitely have a one-year anniversary bash at some point. Talk about our favorite yeah, and least favorite sure. episodes. Yeah. Our favorite and least, least favorite, favorite hosts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could do that. Oh. <laughs> our favorite and least favorite meet a member interviews. <laughs> could, that could get awkward. No, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Oh. Maybe well, we can well, maybe we can call good. Grant Primo, who's head of the fan club. Oh yeah, that's right. Him and uh, who else is head of the fan club? I can't remember. He's one of them though. But Sage. No idea. Sage said she was upset Sage. when when he's claimed that. Oh yeah. She said well, she was upset. Yeah, we, well. we got to get Sage in here. They can organize something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely want to put them on we, that. We like gift cards, so you can just. <laughs> Just, <laughs> just start listing all the things we like. Maybe put some episodes uh, on a vinyl, maybe something yeah. like that. Could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's that's a that's wrap it. on that's 2020. It. This is a downward yeah. spiral. This is where the music should come in. Right, it'll just come like in talking. And just take over. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a Patty Labelle to the miss. Yes, one hundred percent. Well, that's thank you everyone for listening. This has been another episode of Shades Midweek. We will stop talking about 2020 for sure. See you 2020.